You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of Between You and Me the podcast where we talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in music and in the church. My name is Jessica Morris and I'm filled with the Christmas spirit because we are so close to my favourite holiday of the year and I am blasting those carols and watching way too many Hallmark movies and it is joyous. Before we head into today's episode, a couple of things. The first is super exciting. We have our first ever exclusive on the Between You and Me podcast, our friend Sarah Gerald literally just released her debut single called Human. It is out today on all streaming platforms and you'll hear it at the end of this podcast episode. We posted a live version of it on our Instagram quite a few months back now and we received so many likes. So we are so excited for Sarah. She is a member of the Blogging Code team. She is a graduate from Hillsong College and she is overall just a rad person. So I can't wait for that. News number two, if you weren't watching the news or Christian news media this week, then it's important to note that a whole bunch of evangelical Christian music artists and leaders of note met with President Donald Trump in the USA this week in the White House. Because we talk about faith and music and business and CCM, I can't not mention that. I don't want to go into a whole big talk about that right now like I would normally do, purely because as an Australian, I feel like I need to do a lot of listening right now and learning. If you followed our social media, you would have actually seen me post about it. So I've been chatting to a whole bunch of my friends who are Christians and non-Christians who are in the industry and out, who are friends with some of these people and who aren't, and just finding out what does this mean? What does this mean for Christian music when Brian Houston from Hillsong goes and meets with Donald Trump? What does it mean when it feels like nearly every single Bethel artist is there, including like Chris Kalala and the Johnsons, who we know love Trump? And, and what does it mean when we have so many different people there? People of different groups and ages and backgrounds. We have Kerry Job and Cody Cairns there. What does that mean? And in the past, I would have just like, for me as an Aussie, observing would have been like eh and just pushed it aside but I don't have the luxury of that anymore because I went to church with some of these people and I have friends who were for and against and I was like oh my gosh my it feels really complicated to me in order to bring you guys the most honest or well-rounded or thought-provoking discussion on it because we do need to talk about it I actually am asking you to wait in this podcast for the new year. I'm going to be looking for some guests who can chat to us about it, reveal a bit, and um, give some insights and opinions that I am not qualified to give you. So hang around for that. If you do want any immediate news, responses, Twitter is actually a really good place for it. Obviously be careful because there's trolls and lots of vitriol and some yucky stuff. But if you look up people like Andre Henry and Jonathan Merritt, there's some really interesting takes on what is going on. So I just want to give you a heads up about that. And please know that we, as a podcast aren't endorsing or not endorsing it we're literally just stating it as news because we know that so many of you guys have different views and opinions and as people who live on the opposite side of the world ours are very different so just want to give a heads up to that and note it, it we're not significant and we acknowledge it 
Sadly, today isn't a Christmas-themed episode, but you bet that I'm going to make it one because we are going to be putting carols in right at the end, and you are so very welcome. So today, our guest is actually Heights Music. You may not have heard of them before unless you go to church in California somewhere and you've heard of this really cool upcoming worship group. So Heights Music actually come from Bayside Church in Citrus Valley. Citrus Valley is such a like California thing, right? Yeah. Anyway, they released an EP earlier this year called Father of Hope. I received an email about this and I was like, eh, another worship expression. I'm interested, but what makes them different? I realized that this EP that the worship team have released was fully funded by their congregation. Seriously, how many worship teams would love their congregation to back them that much? And that's what makes Heights Music a difference. They have actually created and written songs for their church because their church desperately thirsted for them and wanted them. And they have seen so much fruit come out of it and people really owning these songs and taking them on and singing them over their families. Because of that, I was like, oh yes, these guys have a cool story. Then I found out the names of the lead members of their band. They're both called Surge. Need I say more? This is awesome. And you will see me trying to figure out who I'm talking to and all sorts of stuff, but they are so kind and they are so lovely. So guys, enjoy today's episode with our new friend Surge V and Surge M of Heights Music. Our stories are what make us who we are. And when Bayside Church in Citrus Heights, California began penning their own tunes, this was their purpose and their goal. Dead hung over the church and their congregation needed hope in multiple ways. That's where the worship team stepped in. Led by staff member Serge Moskalitz and music director Serge Vaisoshin. Yes, that is correct. There are two Serges in this powerhouse team. They asked their friend Brett Lee Miller, a worship leader at Jesus Culture Church in Sacramento, to help them create the sound of hope for their own local church. On the outset, this seems pretty standard. Another church is creating worship music, right? But Heights Music, the music expression of Bayside in Citrus Heights, has something different. Serge M had developed his love for music and worship when growing up in Russia and carried this with him when moving to the States. And Serge V was a session musician and music director whose resume boasts names like Lincoln Brewster, Meredith Andrews and Thrive Worship. What's more, the church community was thirsty for a new song. So thirsty, in fact, that when Heights Music pitched a crowdfunding campaign to them, they leapt at the chance to pitch in. In February and March this year, members of their church raised over $40,000 to help them release their debut EP, Father of Hope. And after doing a live recording of the EP, the Ultimate Back Choir, their church congregants, of course, it was clear that this release was never about the legitimate music prowess of Heights Music. It was about giving Bayside Church a song and a story all of their own that would empower them to live out God's promises every day. Since the EP dropped in July, they have heard story after story of church members having their lives changed as they sing these words of hope over their families. And it has fueled the internal and external ministries of their thriving community, which practically assists people in multiple areas through various programs, including a schools ministry, help for the homeless community and mental health support. I spoke to Serge M and Serge V about being named Serge, of course, and we dug into the heart of a mission-oriented local church and what it means to profess something in faith before you see it. This is a really cool story, guys. I hope you enjoy meeting our new friends, Serge B and Serge M. Meet Heights Music. Before we start, can I ask you guys to, for me and for people listening, can you guys tell me each who you are and then tell me what Heights Music is for people who may never have heard of you before? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, most likely people have not heard of us because... Uh, we just recently recorded our first album, but 
Uh, to start with, my name is Serge. By the way, we're both Serges, uh, <laughs> which is which has been unique. Every podcast we've done, there's been some confusion. So um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my name my name is Serge Moskowitz, and I'm the worship pastor here at Bayside Church of Citrus Heights in California. And I've been um, here for about eight years on staff, um, running a worship arts ministry, and um, just really building it up from from kind of the, the, the core, the bottom. And um, over time, Serge uh, Sachin has joined me uh, in the ministry. And at some point, about a couple years ago, uh, we set out to record a song. And it all started with kind of capturing our identity as a, as a community and just kind of capturing our voice. Uh, we just really felt called by God to capture our actual voice, um, which I thought was unique that, you know, sometimes you just have to hear your voice um, in in the area that you're in, in the community, um, just because God is God is calling you to some great things and, and to hear your own voice just kind of almost gives you validity that you have something to say. So we set out to do a song and it turned into four songs and then six songs and uh, we basically, you know, created more of a production and decided to re record an album. So we didn't have any money. Uh, we have never done this before, um, but we just felt a really strong pull um, in our hearts that we really needed to do this. So we um, came out before the church with our uh, lead pastor, um, which he is fully on board with this whole project as well. And uh, his heart was absolutely for it as well. And we came out to the church and said, look, this is what it's going to cost. And at that time, the cost was about $40,000. And we said, we need to raise it in 30 days. Wow. And um, yeah, that was, uh, talk about a step of faith, <laughs> definitely. And it, what's funny is the first song we've written is called I Believe. Um, and it literally has that whole drive behind it of just stepping out in faith and believing in what God has said from the very beginning, no matter what, what is in front of you, no matter what you see. So um, we stepped out and we came before the church and we raised $40,000 in 30 days. In fact, we, we went above that number. Oh. I think we raised like $43,000. Wow. Yeah, which is incredible on its own. And um, so we were able to do a live recording, video, audio, um, all those great things. Did a lot of things in-house, DIY. Uh, produced the record, streamed it on all platforms, actually were able to do some marketing um, with uh, Wisdom Marketing, yes. and um, which has been incredible. And um, here we are. Here we are. We took uh, a big leap of faith with this record, and um, God's using it in, in amazing ways. That yep. is incredible. And what a great start. Thank you. What a good story. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. And what's funny is, um, so I'll just give Please. a brief summary about myself, just not to bore people. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, Serge and I have known each other for actually a really long time um, and uh, kind of crossed paths back in like probably 2008 first and mm -hmm. then um, just kind of were friends, but um, never really quite did ministry together. And um, and I in that in that time, I, I got the privilege of just doing different like you know session work for artists, as well as being a music director on staff at 
uh, that are actually a sister church to us, with it, which is Bayside of Granite Bay, uh, under Lincoln Brewster's leadership, mm-hmm. and um, and just you know, but our cross paths always crossed, and then one day he gives me the call, and just with a huge prompting on his heart to go, hey, I just feel like we're supposed to run together, and um, and I said, um, thank you, but. I don't think it's going to work out because I'm going to move overseas and do missions work. And um, wow. so we set up a plan to do, um, before I leave, to um, to do two months of me just joining him as music director, as kind of sidekick, whatever you want to call it. And uh, and here we are two and a half years later. Um, <laughs> and what's crazy is just the way the Lord works and the way he uh, literally says, you know, I love that verse in Proverbs where it says, you can make your plans, but you let me or you can throw the dice but you can let me determine how they fall and i feel like that's exactly what happened we set up to do a two-month thing um just for the interim and then um literally that's exactly when the first song was written that's when everything started unraveling and heights music became to be what it is and um just being able to just partner in that way and just the lord honestly just it was him essentially going like um you're exactly where you're supposed to be um and you've came just at the right time and it's literally a testimony of god's timing because for me i've always you know being part of a lot of projects previously and just um my perspective was always i probably never really want to be part of a worship album not because it's not great but because there are so much great things out there already i mean you know australia alone you guys you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's kind of like what what more do i what i need to add but it's so crazy when you um when you surrender to the Lord and you let him lead you through, through trials and and whatnot, um, songs become born from your heart that may not be telling a brand new story because the the story essentially is the gospel, right? It's not new, but you're able to tell it in a new way from your perspective that breathes new life into it. Mm. So, um, the way I think of it, rather than throwing a song on the pile of songs that exist, you're creating a separate almost way of, basically being able to say things in your own way that connects with your congregation, your community. So it's just been just incredible to be able to write on this project, um, co-produce it. And um, yeah, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) You've allowed me to speak, teach me to listen. Like you worked hard to make this happen and it was really a step of faith but what was the purpose in creating it for your church community um so the purpose of creating this record honestly it came with a small tug of identity and just the thought process of almost like almost like having a baby in the family right mm-hmm. it's like we adopt all these babies 
on weekends and different songs and different stories of songs. So when we do a cover of a worship song, I think it's absolutely amazing that we have the access that we do to all the worship music. But at the same time, that song came out of somewhere that was so real. The, the, the story really touched the community that it came out of. Um, and it's specifically special there. And then we take it and we try to align it to kind of what's going on here, but it never fits perfectly. You know, there are some aspects of it that, that fit and some kind of don't. And um, there was just this urge to birth a baby in an identity here that would fit perfectly to what God is doing um, in this area. So that's really the true you know, honestly, we didn't have the tools. We didn't have any of the things in place to say, look, we have all the gear. This is what we're going to do. It really came out of that feeling of need to tell a story and to have a voice. And then we, we aligned everything else to it. We tried to figure everything else out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what's, and what's interesting just to add to that is, um, we, um, about, I would say, seven months or something to a year later uh, when we presented the, the first four songs to just kind of our intimate community and just our, our worship community um, we, we, we this, this thing hit us where we realized that the songs we were writing seven months later we were actually speaking them over our lives because in that seven month life has really happened to all of us involved in the project in crazy ways and yeah. literally we started we realized how much how prophetic these songs were that yeah. we were actually now almost a year later singing them over our lives and going like the this is the song that i need to sing right yep. now yeah. um and it's almost like the lord is going like hey here's do something here on behalf of your church but guess what? It's going to be very much for you as well. It's not just you're doing something on someone's behalf and you're kind of, you know, you're not like reaping the benefits of it. It was absolutely so life-given, almost going like, wow, we literally felt as if the Lord, you know, was really writing these songs over our lives and kind of using us as journalists. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. There wasn't a time where we came in to the studio to track um, even a demo without really living through it and feeling the pain of the song. That's what was incredible for me. There's not one single song on the record where we kind of recorded it kind of as an extra. Kind of like, hey, we just kind of needed something. It was literally like pressure squeezed out out of us um, as we do it. I mean, literally, uh, our buddy Brett uh, Miller, who was a, a co-writer on the project, he came in one day to track his song and he sat down, and before he tracked, he said, hey, we just found out we lost our baby. Oh, man. And and he's like, but I know I need to do this. Let's hit record and track. So that demo, every time we hear it, <laughs> it's so deep. And and then we transferred that onto the record. So mm -hmm. it's just, just an amazing project for us that we will never forget, no matter what happens to it. It, it might never hit the charts or whatever that means, but it's so close and dear to us and our church. What's the line between embracing the struggle um, and living out those really difficult moments and trusting God to help you through it um, and then trying to find the hope and communicating that hope in the music? How do you, where's the line in there? Is there a line? Um, well, I 
feel like the destination is really important, right? If we're if we wholeheartedly believe that Jesus, right? Jesus, period. That's it. This is this is our hope. This is our anthem. This is our cry. This is um, then all of a sudden anything that you you always point back to that. I feel like so what you know for us um, there was there's so much honesty in the songs and there's so much language that is kind of used. Uh, like like a song like Never Letting Go, it's literally a father and child speaking, right? It's very um, – the, the language is used. But it's almost like it, it's always going to point back to that hope because that's that's kind of what ultimately we, we can't ever exclude almost. That's why I think um, there – I, I know that's – you know there are artists maybe who choose to kind of really talk about more of the generalities, right, um, to kind of – make things a little bit more hopeful, but I, I don't think we need to compromise so much. I think we can share the fullness, fullness of the story, but if our hearts truly uh, lean back to the Lord, um, it's always going to bring a message of hope with it. Yeah. It's just always going to point back to the cross, point back to the kingdom. Um, and I think that's what we've really done. We've really, anytime we were writing something, the accountability was like, is this really what you want to say? Or is this really what you believe? Mm. And then as we were able to say, ah, yeah, that's a little bit, that's more maybe striving. We would erase the line, rewrite it in the way that we really mean it, but then always somehow find ourselves that it's always pointing back to father, you, you know, father, you know, father of hope promised that, you know, and, and that's, um, I don't know. I don't think there's like a system to it, but yeah, I think it's really the, your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And the line, I think for me is every time we would start writing and we would think we just want to come up with a, with a really cool lyric or something unique to say, there was like this struggle that happened in the middle of it. And it was something we had to kind of endure and kind of go through while writing. And then we walked out and we're like, Oh, that's why it was written that way. Um, because of that struggle and, and, um, the feeling that we felt, throughout life as we were writing that lyric so it, it literally becomes alive yeah does worship and writing those songs come before the breakthrough or do you mm. sort of have the breakthrough and then sing about it hmm. that's funny um <laughs> I, know, well, I do well <laughs> yeah i mean but so well, i mean i can say that this record absolutely happened all before the breakthrough for all of us, yep. um, we we I remember specifically one of the songs on the album, which is the first song, is "Caught in the Light." It's a song about um, you know literally finding joy in the Lord, and you know all my hope is found in You. How can I not be changed by the truth? Um, and what's funny, the the day we wrote that song was probably the worst day to write that song mm -hmm. because that was the most hopeless day for for us in the writing room. We literally, I mean, if we were to give in to our like feelings, I think we would probably write a song about just brokenness. And, but it, the challenge was, well, okay, but who is the Lord? What is his promise? Where do we actually see ourselves? If we, if we believe that he's a timeless God and that it is finished and he, he said it and it's done, then can we live out of that? And literally that song literally came out of a place that is like, this is where we're seated in a high place, but it may not be what we feel. And I think that kind of summarizes all of the rest of the music. Um, although some of them may be a little bit dig dig digging more deeper into the pain. Right. But, um, I think we're always called to praise before a break. I love that song. I think by Brian Katie Torwald praise before my breakthrough. Yeah. Oh my, I mean that, that is actually our calling. I mean, cause if you think about it, full, full on breakthrough technically doesn't come until we meet 
Jesus face to face. Yeah. And if we don't praise any time before that, well, <laughs> we're kind of getting <laughs> yeah. this whole thing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think about our congregation as they're singing these songs, because when we were tracking the songs, the timing wasn't right. You know, it wasn't perfect for me to go, all right, today's the perfect day to track the song. We literally came in with so much going on, texts coming in, phone calls, problems we're dealing with. And then we're going, hey, we have to record right now. Okay. So it took faith and belief. But I feel like that's exactly what translates to the congregation when we sing it on Sunday. Guess what? People are walking in with things unresolved still. Mm -hmm. They're walking in with problems. They're walking in with hurts and pains. And they need to sing that song right now, just like we needed to record it right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's so it's amazing when you get the opportunity to write from Breakthrough. I think when we, we see songs like that, and man, and they have this amazing spirit of almost like relief to them because you're almost feeling like weight off someone's shoulders as they're singing those words but um and and we're even songs we're writing right now some some of them resemble that which is beautiful just to see that contrast but um but ultimately i mean you know our, our faith is in not the scene right the scene world and how how cool is it to be able to just have someone write a song over their heart when they're not you know th their feelings might not resemble it and i think that's that's what's really important going, hey, I mean, if I, if I don't feel it, if I don't see it yet, does that change who Jesus is or does that change who mm. Father is? That's good. And that's what we're, um, that's really what our, you know, as leaders, that's what we're trying to get to our congregation going, hey, you know, when things are great, when you, you know, when your relationship with your wife, when, with your friends is great, that's awesome. But how does it look like in the, in the struggle, right? Does that still stay the same? Do those, do those vows still stay true? And I think, um, that's that's what we're called to do. Yeah. over $40,000 to record this is amazing just because it's like they're actively trusting you with it and having faith in in the vision that you have and as a church does that mean that there's a greater ownership of these songs now when you use them to worship in the Sunday services like do people not just grasp them and be like it's our song but like spiritually be like I'm I'm standing on this authority like this is our our song and our message to the Lord Oh, absolutely. That was one of the biggest things we wanted to not mess up is we definitely never wanted this to be a band thing or, hey, we're this band and the church needs to support us. No, 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 no. We came out and we said, we want to tell our story. We want you to be a part of this every single step of the way, financially, 
even when we did the live recording, our church's voices are on the record. So good. So we wanted them to be a part of it as much as they possibly could, but we would just lead the way for it because God gave us the vision. But see, when we came out, there was like no question. The church was like, yes, what, what, is, what do we need to do? Because we ultimately thought about ourselves, but we also thought about the, the thousands of people that this music gets to reach while everybody goes back to their normal routine, while we're going back to work. It's ministering to people right now as we are doing this podcast. How has yep. having a common song, common songs and anthem, helped your church to overcome difference? or divide. I know at, at all over the world at the moment, it's a very like the political landscape is just everywhere. And even among Christians, you get so many different perspectives and it can be really difficult for us as a general rule to even find common ground. So do, how does having a common song help you guys in your church to find that common ground and come together as community? Well, are you talking about genre and style or are you talking about just a common song in the community a common song sorry i was speaking very poetically common song no okay um well i think if the song has life to it if the song has meaning to it um like like a like a simple story the song we wrote i believe there was a a a gentleman who wrote a card on sunday like a like a prayer card to us to our department and he said my wife just entered uh, into chemo treatments. She has cancer. And he said, you can't even imagine what this song, I believe, is doing in our household as we face something very unknown, unseen, never been there before, scared, um, tired, exhausted, worried. Um, He said, we're singing this song throughout the day as a family. And to hear that, first of all, that that just completely broke me that um, this isn't just just a cool song. This song is literally a tool. So when a song becomes a tool and it has that much meaning, well, I think it's a lot easier to get around um, than just to get around a certain genre or a style uh, because this is literally life-giving. This becomes our anthem on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Sunday, we're just reminded of it. So I think I think that alone right there brings so much meaning to a record like this and really unites people from no matter what color or race or background you come from. Um, this is literally healing the soul as we proclaim it. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the, the amazing thing about the church uh, – which is different from any other, right? If you think about any other, if even if we're talking about on an organizational level, right? Typically, it's you know, if you're you and I are joining a club or some kind of you know, I don't know, interest group, we're pretty much going to be very similar, you know, because we're be- joining it based on our interests, maybe our political party, whatever it is. But the church, we're never called to be the same. We're not called to be, you know, you know, fit into this almost cookie cutter shape. But we're called to come in just as we are, but align, almost surround or get around this common truth that we believe in. And I think what's very beautiful about that is the moment you're singing songs that bring life, and by life, I don't mean right some kind of temporary happiness or some kind of satisfaction. We're talking about healing. 
we're talking about being people being set free, people experiencing peace that surpasses all understanding. That that kind of commonality of everybody essentially in the world looking for those three things, you know, for yeah. in in life, that is something everybody can agree on, and not only agree on that is something that actually gives life. And I feel like Democrat, Republican, Black, White, you know, you can start doing the you know contrast, you know, different things, but that is what really unites people. It's it's a true message of hope and a true message of life. I think that people are coming in thirsty for, and um, when they're singing, that's why we sing as a congregation, not because we're practicing our voice, you know, technique, but because something about proclaiming, something about speaking things over your life, really transforms the atmosphere. It does something in the spiritual that um, that ends up completely affecting your physical and everything in the natural world, and um, that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Open up my eyes to see you clear Open up my eyes, Lord Open up my eyes, Lord You created me I am found in you So to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. This album really like encapsulates the season that your church is in right now. Um, you're and you're currently writing another record or some new songs, as you said. What does the next season look like? Do you guys have some? I don't like the word control because no God directs your church, but is there nearly like some ownership of the next season because the words that you're writing now couldn't really be prophetic for the next season, or you know that God can use them for the next season? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's. That's a that's a really good question because I almost hear is there a strategy? Yeah, I know, you know? I know, and I'm like, I feel like it shouldn't be, so I don't know how to ask that. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the that's the difficult part is to let go of strategy because strategy can actually trip us up on this next this next season. We have to be able to surrender 
and to hear what the Lord is saying today and translate that. We're, we're interpreters, technically. Yeah. So, But if we have a strategy, guess what? We're not going to pay attention to the actual message. We're going to have our own agenda. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. It's it's not as simple. You can't – there isn't like a – I don't know. There isn't a, a strategy to put in place. All that we know is we get together and we know that we have the opportunity to keep writing. So we have to get together in prayer and just awareness of the Holy Spirit and to know where he's trying to lead us uh, today. Yeah, it's almost like I think the difference is, is you know, there's project-based writing where you're going like, all right, we need 10 songs for a project, go. We need upbeat song, let's go, right, or whatever. Or there's um, this kind of writing where we go, hey, let's let this let the Lord speak. Let's really be sensitive to the Spirit and literally jot down things as they come um, and not think about where they are placed. If it's a song that only our church sings or only we sing in this room and that's where it lives, great. If it's something that makes on our project, great. But it's almost this very organic approach um, to it. And you know, so far we we we've had a great great track record, uh, honestly, because we were just going. Yeah, how can we document what the Lord is doing today? And yeah. um, and I think even what we're even doing now is going like, hey, you know, we had to almost pioneer me, me, Serge, and Brett, like just really, you know, pioneer really here on behalf of the church and and do this first record. What would it look like to bring more people around us? Really capture the heart of more voices. Um, on our team and our church to really have almost like, like you know, you kind of led people somewhere, you showed them what that is, and now it's like, hey, come alongside us and almost having people join in more to tell the stories. And um, I just think that's kind of the approach we want to take to go to have it even be more spoken into, if that makes sense. And yeah. we just get to rearrange it and make it musical and you know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah, because it's almost like results driven, right? Which results are you paying attention to? Because um, we do know there are different organizations that do things differently that say, hey, we are looking at profit. What are we going to do to profit? But I feel like our goal here is really, it's not to to hit charts. Like we said, like we're not even paying attention to that stuff. We're going healing, awareness of the Holy Spirit, awareness of our Father. That's the goal. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. And that actually drives us to be really aware of of the place we're at, the presence of God, being aware of that to basically bring it to people. Yeah. How do you guys keep yourself fueled and invigorated and ready to hear from the Lord when in some way you're carrying this mantle for your church? You have really good questions. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like we say that and we just don't answer. Well, I mean, well, I mean I'll start with... And I know we hear this all the time, but your secret place, your secret place. There's actually two places, actually, that I love to talk about. Mm. There's the secret place, which is you and the Lord. And and it's and sometimes people give that form. They go, it has to be in my room because of, behind a closed door, kind of like scripture says. I'm like, well, yeah, it could also be in a, a walk in the park, right? What, what are you what is how has the Lord wired you and how does he want to spend time with you? Um, often that's an environments that you love and thrive in. And, but just like the Salonians tells us to pray continuously, I feel like the moment we allow ourselves and, and see a father who wants to connect with us in, in, in the every, literally every aspect, whether it's, you know, it's like texting God, what does it look like to just 
keep just keep that connection throughout the day rather than just compartmentalize it to, you know, a one hour morning session, which is amazing. But how does it look like just throughout your day to keep that, keep that going? And, um, that's one thing I feel like everything comes out of the secret place. We don't, you know, if we get encouraged or we, you know, have our worship just on a Sunday, well, you know, if you were to, to see your wife or husband only on a Sunday, what would that relationship look like? Right. Um, so I think that is, that is very key, but also the second place is I think a place of refuge. And I think by refuge, I mean, who are the people who you can come to and really seek refuge there? Uh, the people who can be your comfort, the people who can be truly be in fellowship with you on a heart level. And I think that is so important. Community. Yeah. Community is key because, you know, we have these things and the Lord is absolutely speaking to us directly, but he speaks so much through our close friends who cares, who care about mm -hmm. us, who we can share, you know, struggles with burdens with uh, joys with honestly and celebrate things that the Lord is doing. And those two I found to be so key in my life because I go, I need people, but I also need Jesus just by himself and those two and people that really know, you know, sometimes we, we really kind of, um, underestimate or, or, you know, friendships and, you know, but there are real friendships that I think, you know, literally Jesus died to give your life for your friends is, is what love is. And I think that kind of friendship where, um, where just, you know, you continually encourage each other, you continually share what the Lord is doing. That is just so key. Those two things, I feel like, you know, if one of those is missing, then you're kind of getting half the picture. You're kind of getting half of what the Lord has for you just as a human being. And, uh, yeah. 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 And the other part, I think, is in order to hear from the Lord in the midst of everything, I think keeping your heart pure and tender is probably one of the most important aspects because if you're not guarding your heart, if you're not paying attention to how tender it is, you're not going to go to the secret place. You, you won't have time for it. You're not going to build relationships that are allowed to speak to your heart. Your heart is going to be closed off. So, you know, I think paying attention to that and making sure that whenever we're feeling like, hey, I'm getting disconnected, I'm getting cynical, I'm getting, because all those things are so real in leadership and ministry and you know, we're serving others constantly, but what about ourselves? What about us? Um, so I think making sure that we're pay, paying attention to that and allowing allowing the Lord in on some of the, the hard things in our heart, right? Um, of just saying, look, I'm, I don't like this right now, and I'm not happy about this and that right now, and, and actually confessing to the Lord. Because you can't go to the secret place if you have something in your heart that's like preventing you to get close to Jesus. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It doesn't mean you got to get rid of it. It means you bring it to him. Often yeah. I think we, you know, religion tells you that you have to right? um, you know, get, get clean, you know, as if you, you know, you walk into that temple, you, you, you get clean and do everything and then come holy and, and God forbid you're not holy. Just like the high priest back in the old Testament, yeah. bam. But, amazing thing about a father who goes, Hey, bring your burdens to me, bring, bring your, you know, offense to me, bring your anger to me. And, and I think when you're able to do that with him, he's able to just completely take that from you. And, and almost it's, an, it's always an exchange. He, he takes the thing that don't belong in your heart 
and replaces him with the things that do, which is him. And and the moment we kind of keep those things behind the door and don't bring him in, well, we're not dealing with them really. We're just coming in and saying nice prayers and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. the rawness with the Lord is so key. Yeah, I think it's just like children. I, I have three little kids, two girls and a, and a boy. And when we're not right with each other, it becomes this like tension of, I'm asking you to do this, but they're not hearing me. And there's like this lack of connection, right? But when we, when we come together and we kind of reconcile and we can, you know, I can hear the hurts and they can, you know, they can hear my heart and there's apology that happens. All of a sudden they can hear from me. And I think, I think that is the key when we talk about how do you hear from the Lord? Well, you got to be reconciled with him on a daily basis because you can you can almost drift apart and then go why am not why am i not hearing well you're not close you're not close with your hearts together so it's really difficult to hear nailed it that was so good i know i keep saying that but every time all the points that you guys had there i love that and i love that it's not even an idea it's like the practice of being so vulnerable and honest with god and that's actually what draws us close together. It's just yeah. the best. It's so good. Yes, he is the one who is, the one who is to come again. Thriving in the midst of it. episodes is just ask my guests a few random questions like popcorn questions that are a little bit out of place number one what is your favorite album of all time and it can be any genre any musician alive or dead that's you search okay uh gosh well if i'm not filtering then coldplay ghost stories i've heard that one before as well yes yep that's a very popular one I yeah. listen to it at least probably once every two weeks for sure. <laughs> so good. Yes. Awesome. Okay. What is the most awkward moment you've had during a worship set at church? Oh, boy. Oh, it's you, bro. Oh, boy. <laughs> the most awkward worship set. Um, <laughs> I think you've seen one of these before, but we had a, a time where we were playing worship and we had this drum shield. Uh, set up with like a, a sound panel on top of it and during like a really energetic song that whole contraption crashes down on our drummer <laughs> he completely goes down and the song kind of you know halts oh to this like, awkward stop and then as a worship leader i'm like what do we do now it's like how do we so, keep the energy yeah, that, that's probably the most worship uh, awkward uh, worship moment. And that's when you have a prayer break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's Church, actually... I just feel like we're supposed to pray right now. Uh, yes. God yeah, is calling something. us to be silent for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, my last question is for both of you. Um, if you could both go back two years ago, two and a half years ago when you just started working together and working on this album and writing songs, what would you say to yourselves knowing what you know now? 
really have good questions. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you're, that. You're making us dig deep. <laughs> you go. It's going to be okay. I like mm. that one. Yeah. It's going to be okay. And uh, I, I hear that almost in this. I, I hear that as he is embracing me in his arms. And it's just this warm whisper. It's going to be okay. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I hear, I hear trust, but elevated trust because I'm going to exceed all your expectations that you can't even imagine and beyond that. You say that we are not alone. You such a cool story right i love hearing about how the modern church is embracing each other and struggling with the pain and wrestling with it and finding hope and god in the middle of it and then you know like pushing the walls and being like how can we share this with our greater community when i visited bayside church's website i saw all the mission activities that they were involved in it's everything from like working with uh, different members of the homeless community to helping to fund mental health initiatives and counseling to working in schools and it made me so happy I love that because a church builds up the inside so it can overflow and go into the outside. And that's exactly what these guys are doing. And Heights Music have given Bayside Church a sound, a song to do that and to be empowered by that. It gives me so much hope for the local church. I just love that. If you would like to connect with Heights Music, please do. They love connecting and they're really active. So you will find them on Instagram at heights.music. You can find them on Facebook at heightsmusic.ca. And you can also pick up their EP, Father of Hope. It's available on iTunes and Spotify and all your favorite streaming and download platforms. You will also find the link in our show notes below. That is Father of Hope by Heights Music. And now to our exciting premiere of our dear friend Sarah Gerald's debut single, This is Human. If you judge me by the color of my skin and I judge you by the sum of all your sins. Somehow we've both lost it all again. My human sees your human. I can't watch another innocent man 
Sarah. Sorry, I just love that. Sarah's just the best. And I was so thrilled when she sent me this demo. So congrats, Sarah. And guys, go pick it up and go follow her and support her. Sarah is on Instagram at Gerald Sarah. You are welcome for that follow. Thank you for joining me for another episode, guys. If you would like to connect with me, please hit us up at Between You Me Pod on Instagram or on Facebook. You can also find us at BetweenYouAndMePod.com for old episodes and all sorts of stuff. If you really love what you hear, can you do me a favor and give us a five-star review? It's like the ultimate Christmas present or year-round present. I mean, choose a holiday and I'll go with it. And we would love that. Thank you. In the meantime, we will actually have an extra episode for you this week. I know that things are really rushed in the holiday season. And if we were to wait two weeks, our next episode will come out after Christmas, after Boxing Day. And you probably see it come up and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy running around to see family or planning New Year's activities. So we are actually dropping a surprise episode. Well, it was a surprise until this moment, but we are dropping an episode next Friday. It will be Christmas themed, but it will be worth it. We are talking to a phenomenal artist and she is full of gold. So I cannot wait for you to hear it. In the meantime, my name is Jessica Morris. You are awesome. 
It's nearly Christmas time wherever this finds you in the world and I hope that it finds you healthy and happy and safe. Take it easy these next few weeks, my friends. It can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be if we choose to stop and breathe. That's what I'm trying to remember anyway. My name is Jess and I will see you next week. Perhaps this final act was meant to clinch a lifetime's argument that nothing comes from violence and nothing ever could. For all those born beneath an angry star, lest we forget how fragile. For listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to jesuswire.com.